Hello and welcome everyone to the Court Games LCG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kikita Onimaro, aka Trevor Cuba. Who is my co-host today? It's Czar. Czar? Tell the listeners about yourself a little. You've been on here before, but yes, give us a I have. reminder. So you all probably know me as that judgy guy, you know, um, the one that judges everything. The judgy guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but no, I'm the guy that judges everything. You probably saw me at Worlds judging at Gen Con a couple of ties. And it, this Thursday, I mean, it's uh, Monday now we're recording, but this coming Thursday, I'll be heading up to uh, PAX Unplugged. Well, I guess we can get uh, PAX Unplugged in a little bit and stuff, but uh, I want to let the listeners know, where is my good friend Finbar? Well, Finbar has, uh, aka uh, Agasha Stilfer, has decided to take a step back from recording. He's taking a step back from L5R in general. He just wishes to play at a casual level right now, and he thought that wasn't very good for staying up to date on like the, this competitive podcast that we run. Also, his new job, if you notice, we've had a lot of delays lately. Well, since the launch of the show, basically, due to his new job having him travel a whole lot and some other personal issues going on has got has him to step down. So from this day going forward, uh, Sar is going to be uh, my new co-host. Yes, because I know how to prioritize things. L5R over everything else. I mean, that's a healthy uh, attitude to take, I think. <laughs> but I do wish Finbar good luck, happy trails, and he's gone and I'm he- still here, so Crankline wins. Haha, <laughs> take that, dragon. Yes, but you got Phoenix now to contend with. Phoenix and Unicorn and Scorpion, because you know I play yeah, everything. You play a lot of things, so like, you, 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 you shatter the dichotomy of both the court game podcasts have one crane and one dragon. It's always, <laughs> there must be two of each. <laughs> Well, now you got a Phoenix, Unicorn, Scorpion, Dragon, and Crane on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Going on to event dates, you just mentioned PAX Unplug a second ago. So the next of the two events we have announced so far is PAX Unplug going on December 6th through the 8th. And then uh, your pet project, the LVO in uh, Las Vegas, is going on January. When, when is when is that? 24th to the 26th. But um, LVO is going to be really good um, because uh, one of the events we were going to do was an Elements Unbound thing. But hey, guess what? The Elements have been unbound. So I got to figure something else out. So, um, you know, hopefully I got a couple people here in Southern California that's uh, going to be helping me out with a couple of uh, sets so I can make draft cubes. So okay. um, if I can get enough, I'll go ahead and convert it to draft cubes. Yeah, as of recording this, the draft rules are still not available publicly, but a few of them have them floating around somewhere so you can get a hold of them. Yeah, I mean, I hopefully, I know the, I know the cube. Um, I got that list. I just need the cards. Yeah, Max, who I always re- reference on this podcast, he just re- recently went out and um, purchased... Uh, someone was getting out of the game. Maybe it was Finbar. Oh my god! <laughs> but uh, someone was uh getting out of the game. He purchased their entire collection so to use exclusively as a draft cube. Suppose that is a highlight of this um this new draft format. Because I was always hoping as a it, I was hoping it would be a format to bring in new players. But at the very least, I guess some of us ultra fanatic players will now go out and buy a second collection just to use exclusively as a draft cube. So hey, sales have gone up already. 
I mean, honestly, I think uh, the aftermarket definitely. It's a lot, lot, a lot of those sets are moving pretty fast now. But uh, I, I really think draft is going to be real good, but uh, to t at least to get people into the game, right? To, to teach mm. them the basics of the game, because I still stand by it that you know single core is a horrible environment to teach people the game. Sure. Uh, well, I've also had the problem, and I've mentioned this many times before, where uh, we have a pretty large group at my local environment, and I have people come over who are interested, and they want to play around a little bit, uh, and if, as if the the rules weren't daunting enough, that it's like, oh, I want to get invested. There's no $20 buy-in option. There's no starter pack. It's just like, oh, you want to go and get invested? Well, you got to go buy one to three core sets, depending on how good you want your deck to be and then you have to go buy a crap load of boosters on top of this um so it's like a 300 hundred dollar investment to see if you're interested a little, little well odd. technically there's there is a 20 dollar option technically there is hmm. especially with the rolls freed now what's the 20 dollar option the uh, world championship deck oh okay yep i mean yeah okay you're limited to one clan but at the same time it's you can just pop it out ready to go and crane is probably one of the most basic clans anyway it's like playing l5r on easy mode uh so <laughs> it's right there crane hashtag basic oh let's not get into that <laughs> Um, back on the, before we leave the event dates and this like wild tangent that we're on and stuff, I do have a question for you, Sar. Uh, so you're going to be judging at PAX Unplug and also mm -hmm. you're going to be judging at the LVO as well, right? I am going to be running LVO from, I think from TO to, uh, yeah. So if anybody wants to help, let me know. I would, I found out that at the uh, Nova Open that just because I can do something all by myself doesn't mean I should do something all by myself. Fair enough. That's a good possibility to have. Uh, how, what is the judging situation going on? Because Cascade Gaming is no longer uh, hosting these events. It's now Yeti Gaming? Yes, it's Yeti Sasquatch Games. Game? They have, uh, they, <laughs> Sasquatch Gaming. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's Yeti Gaming. Um, but they basically run a lot of poke like major Pokemon tournaments all over the country. Uh, so if anyone that runs, if anyone that's been to a major Pokemon event, uh, it was probably run by Yeti, right? Um, like uh, the guy, the head guy of Yeti, his uh, his uh, profile picture on Facebook is literally a bay leaf. I'm not okay. kidding. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, it's it's ador it's an adorable bay leaf. But uh, so our our favorites are you and Ryan and Jordan. Are you guys gonna be hosting or are you still judging, or is that a different team coming in? It's uh, well, here's the thing. Yeti has basically asked me, uh, contacted me, and they said we want you what's the ideal team? So I told them, well, okay, the ideal team is going to be the three people you named. And they were like, okay, how about some backups too, in case, you know, one of you gets hit by a bus. And so I gave them additional names. Uh, and they basically said that, you know, look, this is what we want. We want you to handle it. If you can make it to all the events, great. If not, let's, uh, you know, let's set something up. So they're basically gave, they basically gave me and Ryan the wheel to run the events like from top to bottom. Uh, anyone that is interested in judging, uh, I'm the guy to talk to. 
Great. So for the most part, it looks like this next season, which we're going to be talking about a little later, stuff is largely going to be unchanged, except the the name brand that's uh, slapped onto the side of the truck, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Look, am I, I'm sad that Cascade's no longer uh, doing this because I really like those guys. But at the same time, I think the co-ties and events are actually in very good hands. Yeah, every interaction I have with uh, Steve and the others has been nothing but pleasant. They seem super passionate and uh, professional about everything that's going on. But um, uh, whatever, well, I'm sure you actually know a little bit more about what's going on, but we're not going to get into that because I'm sure those are, you know, uh, business decisions are made for a number of reasons. So <laughs> I guess we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about uh, what something I mentioned earlier? The rules are freed. Yes. Uh, the roles are free now, like, so what are we seeing from, like, it's been a month now since the roles have been freed, because we haven't recorded I have in a no while. freaking clue what's going, what, uh, what we're seeing. All I know is that my Phoenix deck is staying Seeker of Void, my Unicorn deck has, is having an identity crisis right now, because it wants to be Keeper of Fire, Keeper of Water, and Keeper of Earth, but I'm still stuck on the, uh, what's on the Unfulfilled Duty cracks that I haven't moved from Keeper of Earth. Uh, dragon, I'm putting dragon back. My dragon deck is back on keeper of, uh, sorry, seeker of fire because you know, feast or famine. Even though it's nerfed, it's still a good card. And uh, restoration of balance is still a very good card, right? Um, also, uh, scorpion ain't getting off that keeper of air pot. They are just gonna stay on keeper of air until mark of shame and backhanded compliment rotates out. Yeah, for what I've noticed since the rules have been freed, you have some clans like so Crane uh, already had the strongest role they needed, which is Seeker of Void. Many other clans have either gone back to or found their strongest archetype really quickly, but there is a lot of experimentation happening a lot going around. Uh, you see people playing really odd deck chat just to see if some certain combinations are working. Um, if... Um, some hidden pass or some hidden tech has been like finally unlocked with some people. Uh, it's been ex interesting seeing what's going on. I still haven't played too many. I, I was just uh, lamenting my performance at Worlds because I basically haven't played very competitively since Gen Con. And now that Worlds is over, I'm still not hyper competitive. You know, I just won my uh, local event. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, brag. everyone's in there mixing it up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I don't. I think Crab is the one with the biggest identity crisis, and I, I followed by Lion. Uh, Phoenix is trying out a, a lot of things because I think Phoenix is really in one of the best positions. Uh, we have so many deck options that's opening up to Phoenix right now. Uh, Seeker of Void is always going to be the standard thing, but with keep uh, Phoenix can go Keeper of Earth, and hey, guess what? Echo Bird is back. I believe that's Air. Yeah, keep sorry, Keeper of Air. There's this. There could be some weird jank going on with the uh, Seeker of Earth, and I'm not sure what it is, but I've seen that floating around somewhere. Well, it probably has something to do with Earth becomes Sky, but I mean, could be some, someone's pushing it further. I don't see too much. Uh, do you know that uh, as far as Crab is concerned, Crab have just jumped hard back into Keeper of Water so they can get Fight On back. Uh, Fight On with combined with Defend Your Honor is pretty potent uh, on that side. They're still 
like missing the backbone of what that made that deck super dominant, but they're still in a position of they have moves that they can make. And with the 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 new crab uh, clan pack that's come out, they have a lot more tools to play around with. Unfortunately, I'm sad to report that most of them are they're not really finding a foothold. The wall theme seems to to be. It turns out you can't just defend all the time. You have to attack sooner or later. I. And I think Crab can do that. It's just that they, I don't think they know how to yet. Like everyone else has been attacking left and right willy nilly, right? And what's Crab been doing? They've been defending. So I think we're going to get, I think we're in a situation where it's a Biden pass thing. It's like they're going to march their army through Biden pass and it's going to get slaughtered by, you know, everyone. Well, they, they air quotes know how to attack just fine. The problem is, is all their cards say, hey, do something really awesome while defending. <laughs> exactly. They don't know how to attack yet. <laughs> oh, you're talking about thematically as a, as a design aspect. Okay. <laughs> uh, from a thematic, and I think they're also, you know, I think they're also still stuck on the whole defend thing because they got a stronghold for longest time. They got a stronghold that says, it's I'm on one and you're defending. So... Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where it's, it is, you're right, it is very um, thematic for, you know, it's the crab, it's the wall, they have to be defending, you have to get all these super big provinces, that's all good, but then, this is actually the pl problem that uh, dueling players used to have in old 5R and stuff, like, listen, you can fill your deck with full of duels, but if you don't have a victory condition you're working towards, you're not going to win. Yep. Um Crab's biggest strength still seems to be Dishonor from Watch Commander, but they kind of only have Watch Commander and that one guy that no one really plays anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to... I mean, they can do... The, you know, you get Hidekasada, you give him a Jetetsubo, which suddenly been seeing a lot of play. You give him a few other attachments, and you just march him attack, and then, like, it's actually... That's very difficult to stop. With Scorpion, like, setting the clock on Dishonored decks, Crab can't go that quickly, especially considering how much play around there is for Watch Commander. And there's oh, just, God, yeah. they're in a very difficult position to be at right now. Crab's biggest uh, downfall is their attachment control. Even though attachment control are, you know, becoming less of a threat, it's still around. And the factions that still play them very well. Is attachment control becoming less of a threat? Uh, with the prevalence of, uh, what's it called? Pacifism making its rounds back in. I felt a swing back towards that general direction. I mean, Dragon Splash is still by far the most popular splash for Let Go. Absolutely, but, you know, that's three. That's three, attachment control. And uh, unless you're running Mia Mystics as well, and that's six. <clears throat> and at the same time, it's like, Okay, six attachment controls versus how many is that in the deck? Is you gotta choose, you gotta pick and choose like hard. You got those two uh, provinces also, and also not to discount uh, policy debate, which has been seeing a lot of play in Crane, and I think Phoenix has started playing a whole lot. Policy debate is functionally attachment debate. If I take it out of your hand, well, that you know it's as good as letting it go. Well, yeah, prevention is better than uh, the cure, I guess. Hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I, I really don't like, I, I never like, I, I, I know policy debates is a good card. I get it. I hate dueling. I duel them. Then all of a sudden they're honored. <laughs> you mean Crane? 
Yeah. I can't remember what at what point I realized that everybody was actively avoiding. Like all all non-crane players were actively avoiding having glory on their characters and actively considered it a detriment. And Crane, we're over here like we love glory. Even Phoenix, who actually have more glory than us, but they they have more glory, but they don't have nearly as many honoring tools. So glory is just this this massive detriment to so many clans. Because here's the thing. Um, there's a clan, I don't know if you heard of it, called the Scorpion. And their whole yep. shtick is to dishonor you. So mm-hmm. high glory equals zero zero. Like our clan champion, she's an ama- she's got an amazing ability. But the fact is, I don't want to pay five fate for a zero zero. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yep, I've heard of the Scorpion clan. It's last year it was a very winnable matchup. Now it is that matchup is over in like three rounds for Crane, unless some get some really lucky. Shoutouts to uh Eric Balhus, the former Shogun, who had a great game on stream versus uh Jakob. Probably one of the best Scorpion players in the world. It was able to edge him out uh, with a very lucky dynasty draw. And then he loses to a Scorpion the very next match. So he couldn't repeat the magic. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, it happens, right? I mean, yeah. that's just... How it, that's just how it goes sometimes at Worlds. Mm-hmm. FFG has announced uh, the name of the new Kotai series, which is Tides of War. Yeah, and I'm really actually excited about this. I really am excited about this. Please tell us, the the good listeners, about Tides of War series. So it's the new Kotai series. You know how two years ago we were um, everyone was fighting over Toshiranbo, and last year everyone was fighting over Kunshu. Mm-hmm. Well, this year, instead of you know just one card, we're actually going to be playing for three different cards. Mm-hmm. The first card that we're going to be playing for is called Tides of War. To get Tides of War, you have to earn Tides of War points. In order to earn Tides of War points, you have to do well in the top cut. So mm-hmm. anything during the Swiss, you're not earning points for Tides of War. You're only earning Tides of War points during the top cut at Kotai's, right? Yep, yep. The clan with the highest Tides of War point gets Tides of War. We don't know what it does yet. So you're... We don't know if it's even worth fighting for. They did, they did that before where they had uh, the Toshi Ranbo series had us fighting for Toshi Ranbo. And they do a lot uh, this a lot worth that like they just want to make the a card generically okay and generically okay cards are not good enough to make it into a deck because I don't think anyone plays Toshi Ranbo in Scorpion whatsoever. Mm, I've seen some really interesting and super weird Toshi Ranbo decks. I was about to say, like, except for the one guy who uh, beat me in one of the rounds at uh, Worlds during the uh, 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 Proving Ground events, I'm just sitting there like, oh, great, Scorpion, I'm already having a bad day. And then he starts flipping out Yoritomo out of Toshi Ranbo. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, wow. The only, thing wor- that, the only thing that can be worse about that is in the next province, he actually flipped a um, Hidden Moon Dojo. Oh, he had one, I think, from, like, the start of the game. And he kept charging people out of there. And, like, I think I stopped uh, two, one or two of his uh, uh, Yoritobos. But once he finally got one on board, he had, like, unlimited gold sitting in his pool. And there was nothing I could do. Like, I oh duel Yoritobo. Oh, no, he's going to beat me because he's, his stats are so big. <laughs> he's a 25-25. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. Uh, yeah. No, but... Yeah, well, Kunshu. Kunshu's actually a decent card. 
Kunshu would have been great out of Phoenix. Who got Kunshu? I know I've seen you and some other people Scorpion. say it's a Scorpion. How does that break down? Because Crane hosted the event, but Scorpion are still going to get Kunshu. How does that wash out? Okay, so there was two separate uh, point bra- uh, points that was being tracked uh, during the Kunshu season. Okay. The first was Glory, mm-hmm. right? And the second was Favor. Glory was for uh, was for Kunshu. Okay. Favor was for hosting Winter Court. How does one get Glory versus Favor points? A winning record overall, and then um, the the clan that won the Kotai gets uh, gets like a huge amount of Glory points. I can't really remember. Okay. And then Favor points is like Hatamotos, like win- winning records earn X amount of points. And then it, it was like it was it was like a whole separate system too, but it just wasn't like both clans did not. It couldn't like you, you know didn't line up all the way to the top. Yeah, I like I like the way you're you're explaining this is exactly how everyone has been remembering. It's like I don't like some people get points for this, but some people get points for that. It's unclear, and it kind of speaks to like oh well, Fantasy Flight never had a record of all these points through the last season, so it was really unclear what was counting and what was going on there. I, I will tell you, we did count mm. uh, at um, because at the Kotai's we I, the Kotai's I judged and. Was at at uh, was TO four. We did count, yeah, and we did keep track of it. So, and we forward all that information up to FFG. Um, I just, I just was, I'm just. It's like I know what I kept track of. I just don't have it in front of me. I here's the other thing is like a uh, crane also won bonus favor points for winning costume contest and all the yeah. things that Eric Leong did at Kotai's. So Crane yeah. won the favor off of Eric Leon. Yeah. And didn't uh, uh, Kikita Kaori, didn't her uh, contributions contribute as well? She would bring like fans to the event and um, co- she won some costume contributions. And she got points for that. Mm. But uh, Eric Leong yeah. went, I think he went to every single Kotai. Yeah. And at every single Kotai, he got, he had the, those little chibi first player tokens and he got points of every single one of them. Oh, he got points for the first player tokens? Everyone assumed that he was bringing, getting points for his uh, 1,000 uh, paper cranes that he had folded. Oh, that was two years ago. No. That was two years ago. That was so 2018. <laughs> so, again, again we're, 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 everyone's very unsure exactly how the point pie got uh, counted out, you know. And also, I, like I know you and Ryan and Jordan, uh, you... Uh, wrote down your points as I as I understand that the uh, the our people around the world like in Europe and Asia they did things slightly different or at the very least the, the plan was unclear how to do this thing well I do know that Australia did give points out for the uh, costume contest mm-hmm. and it is it was in the Kote page saying that you know they can earn points for displays of clan loyalty so mm-hmm. This is a display. I mean, those things are displays of clan loyalty. So, uh, you know, it's it was something that should have been given out at the European Kotai's as well. But that was last season. Fortunately, in this season, like right here on the Kotai page, they have uh, the Tides of War points and Dissension points written right here in the Kotai section. Everybody starts with 40 because it's actually possible to lose a number of points uh, as they yes. go through. I think someone uh, registered Crane is only having like four or six points. at the If they would have used this point system last year, mm-hmm. Crane would have been very low just because we kept getting into the cut and then losing immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing is the, the the next card is on the prize is Fiery Vengeance. Mm. Uh, there's no Fiery Vengeance points, 
but you get fiery vengeance for having the lowest amount of tides of war points. For the folks who get in there, but get like for the crane who get like keep making the cut and uh, not going very far once you get your foot into the door. Right. And this year is probably not going to be crane because challengers are back in the Kotai. Yeah. So if anyone's not familiar with how challengers work, there's the natural cut, which is like the top eight or top eight or top 16 or top whatever. Depends on the size of the event. Yeah. So if there was like if there was, let's say there was eight crane at the event. Three crane made it in the natural cut, hmm. right? The fourth ranked crane in Swiss will also advance to day two. Yep. I like so it. if there was no lion that make the natural cut, the top ranking lion would make it to day two. Yeah. And there was a long period of time where lion and unicorn were only making cut via challenger. Except last year, unicorn and lion actually won a Kotai. Well, unicorn has gotten a big shot in the arm. Uh, they did very well. They're very well represented. They did very well during worlds just now. Lion, we're, we touched on them briefly, but lion's interesting. They just got their pack. They had their pack legal exactly on worlds, largely untested. Even since then, like I'm still not quite sure what lion's doing i don't think lion fit have really figured out their deck yet they've got some tools they're really fun exciting tools and uh, they come at you in weird ways and, and they generate some weird board states still haven't quite come together but i think it has more to do with like the lion scientists coming together and figuring out exactly how to make a cohesive deck out of all, all the, the goodies they got see i think the problem with lion is that they are not uh they're not building they don't have a consensus right mm. So none of their decks are actually getting the amount of testing it needs. It's like in Crane, in Phoenix, in Dragon, whatever, there's like there 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 is a general consensus of the type of deck that needs to be built. And that deck goes into heavy testing and heavy rotation. Um, and then what if things doesn't work? Well, that card gets cut out and this card gets put in, right? Mm -hmm. Um I don't think that's happening in Lion in that they are just so fractured. Yeah. Well, Lions are fractured by virtue of like their clan has been so bottom for so long. And I've actually had a problem with that where I would have a lot of trouble with Lion decks in major events because I didn't know how to play against them because most Lions I would see in my local group and online, uh, they're so disheartened about their air quotes best deck that they would all really prefer like doing all these really weird jank options and just trying to find something new, some hidden tech that they can like bring to the, to the prime time. And I'm just used to these line decks, just kind of screwing around for a little bit before folding halfway through the match. So now whenever I'm up against an, a actual, like a plus lion player, I don't know what to do. Cause I rarely, so rarely fight a lion. Um, but I do think that uh, this new deck, the, from what I've seen, their best tools seem to be largely what they were doing before, like, you know, Spirit Caller and Ujiaki for great value, flood the board, charge in. Uh, they just have a lot more uh, tools to fill in the massive holes that they had uh, just for maintaining a consistent board state now. Yeah, and Lion Swarm is a thing. Yeah. It's back to being a thing. And I guess this is a good way into to segue into the next topic. Uh uh with pack six. Uh two cards that is going to that everyone should probably be on the watch for. Cloak of Night. 
Cloak of Night is a one-cost event. Play only if you control the Shigenja character. And action, during a conflict, choose a participating character. Uh, give that character plus three glory and cannot be chosen as a target uh, of a bonus card abilities. So you get plus three glory. Oh, okay. So what? It can be chosen as my card ability. Not a big deal, you say, but it's kind of like above question. But as an event instead, well, Scorpion just got this card also in this pack called Castigate. And Castigate is a zero cost attachment. Play only during a political conflict, only on a participating character, and only if you control an imperial character. If this character's political skill reaches zero, discard it. Mm -hmm. So that's what Scorpion needs, even more kill. And the limit th that yeah. they need uh, Imperial cards to play this isn't too much of a hindrance. They already have a pretty healthy number of Imperial they cards on a there. a lot. Especially now I mean, that uh, Bayushi Shouju, who's coming in, also has Imperial. So Bayushi now, Shouju's Imperial. Uh, five dash military, but seven uh, political. Courtier champion Imperial. Yep. Uh, your opponent cannot have the Imperial favor. Force reaction. After, this, uh, after the conflict phase, each player draws two cards and loses one honor. So... That's a good powerhouse. He fits right in. Like he he turns on castigated by himself. He does something what Scorpion's already doing of like forcing that dishonor victory condition, mm -hmm. and he takes away the imperial favor, which makes me kind of scratch my head at Yoshi right now. But you forget the important thing: he can't be military dueled. Well, I get really yeah. I could I could possibly debate him. I can get him into a rap battle. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to win. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Crane, Crane got some good tools. Now, the, the season of Crane being spoiled seems to continue. I think pack five was like our weakest pack, but we've been getting some beefy things all season. So first and foremost is Kikita's final stance. Uh, cost one. Um, action. During a military conflict, choose a participating character. Until the end of the conflict, that character cannot be bound by opponent's card effects. If it is involved in a duel during this conflict, it does not bow as a result of the conflict's resolution. So basically a, a convoluted uh, uh, clarity of purpose for Crane. I really like this. Yeah. As a judging man, Sar, uh, tell me how does this react? Like, if I play a duel and then play Kikita's final stance, how does this work? So it was already involved in a duel in that conflict, right? Win or lose, it was already in a duel. You play Kakita Final Stance, and then it checks. So I guess it checks through the entire conflict. Has a duel been played at this conflict? And even if you played the duel before Kakita's Final Stance, you still have, you still have dueled, yeah. right? Before or after, so that thing doesn't bow. Unless, you know, it gets bowed by something, you know, I don't know, the water ring whatever so i don't have to play kikita's final stance and like announce like i'm about to duel you right now <laughs> i can just do a duel as normal and then drop the final stance and says oh, by the way i'm not bowing today yeah exactly sweet uh the other crane yeah. card um, so not a oh i thought you said the thing doesn't exist uh a card has existed in a dynasty phase i don't know what you're talking about uh it's called Dinoji harrier but that's got to be a typo because harriers don't exist um it's a two cost uh let me pull it let's take it real quick let's stop going um let's see uh, Dungeon Harrier, two costs, two military, one uh, political, one glory. Bushi Shinobi, uh, reaction. After this card wins a military conflict, your opponent chooses two cards in his or her hand. Reveal those cards. You choose to discard one of them. Normally, it's, a, it's kind of a ho-hum ability, but Crane have this large suite of 
hand kill and there's a floating around archetype going around of crane crane like uh make you discard all your cards that this fits in very nicely to even if you like happen to have like uh, extra space. He's not the worst card to put into. Looking at two cards in your hand and then discarding one is a pretty powerful. Yeah, Crane also has a card. Um, I don't know if you heard of it. It's called Gossip. Yep, yep. Where hand knowledge is kind of important. Forewarned is forearmed. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that we're looking for? I, I do this horrible thing where I'm like, sure, I know exactly what the Crane card coming out, but what is everyone else getting? Well, Dragon got their disguised character. I think it's going to be interesting. If Togachi Ichi, by the way, um, he does count himself as part of 10. If you disguise him into conflict, he is part of that 10 cards. Um, I guess the only other one is... Uh, oh, Togachi Ichi is disguised uh, monk action. During a conflict in which this character is attacking, if 10 or more cards have been played, and if the attack province is not a stronghold province, break the province. 10 cards. I, I, I know. I, I know. Uh, it's kind of like, it, it's, I want to like him. I really want to like him. If I'm attacking Magistrate Station, crane, you as a crane player is probably going to be doing all you can to defend. And if I just, you know, disguise him in, and all of a sudden, I play him and activate his ability. Well, Magistrate Station just broke. Yeah. As a, as a four-cost uh, unique with uh, four military, two political, two glory. Like, I think I think his real value is being a disguised monk. Because uh, the monk deck has a bunch of, like, one or two coster monks that don't really matter. So it's really easy to just kind of, like, play his him for a disguised ability. Like, oh, hey, I'm here now. But, uh, yeah, that ability is... Um, mm. Like, here's the thing. Okay, Ancient Master, I play Ancient Master, I get him honored, I put, you know, I maybe played one fate on him. Next turn, I pay three additional fate and disguise Ancient Master with Ashley Ichi. I mean, that's great value, right? Mm. I mean, it's, it, you know, I just paid three, four, eight, six, four. Sure. That's probably going to get Mark ashamed. Now, if me and you are playing, you're, and let's say you're a dragon player, you're playing this category, like, as a dragon monk in this new dragon monk weirdness that they're doing and stuff i see it very easily you playing five cards because that's just what your deck wants you to do these days how are you to convince me like if i'm playing five cards they better be some really freaking good cards of this really important province you know what i mean i guess you could just play eight cards i'll play two i'm just gonna go back to uh magistrate station right you kind of want yeah. to defend that thing at all costs because magistrate station is probably your best province if I'm attacking with just a weenie and I'm starting to play and I'm playing cards to pump up the weenie, you know, maybe it's a, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm playing yeah. uh, Togashi Initiate, the one that, that I spent fate to a ring, he gets honored. All of a sudden I'm attacking with him, he gets honored and all of a sudden yeah. he's, he's breaking Magistrate Station. You're probably defending with somebody, so you're going to you're gonna yeah. have to respond to the bonsai, right? Then eventually we start, we keep sure. playing cards. I play Hurricane Punch. You play something else. I play Void Fist. You play Voice of Honor. I play another Void Fist. You Voice of Honor that one too. I don't know. Eventually, if nine cards has been played and then you cheat in Ichi, he's the 10th card. You activate his ability. Boom. Oh, no, I, I, I get the logic. All I'm saying is like, is, is Magistrate Station or whatever hypothetical defending card uh, an important province? Yes. Uh, is it five cards important? Mm. I'll let Magistrate Station uh, break if I could save five cards, honestly. 
<laughs> depending on the attack. <laughs> I think he's he, he's air quotes fine as a one off in a, any given dragon deck. I just wouldn't bank on his ability working like all the time. Like you know, fortunately, I think his his, his disguised ability is the saving grace because like. Dragon have a lot of like little one and two cost monks floating around, so it's very easy to play his disguise keyword. Um, I think we get a lot of value from that. I mean, I think we can actually compare him with another disguise cards from in another clan that actually sees play. Uh, Shashiro Ibuki. Ibuki is a four is a four cost disguise character also, right. and she has to be disguised onto a courtier. Sure, right. And I think her ability is that you know she wins, take fate off everyone else in a mm -hmm. conflict. I have Ibuki in my Scorpion deck for the disguise keyword only because her ability never goes off. And the fact is she's actually, she could be a detriment. The fact that I'm disguising her over a courtier, which is a relevant keyword, mm. right? I think Ichi is a monk and the keyword is still relevant in Dragon. So yeah. I think he is going to see play just because of disguise. Well, I, I, I get your I get your logic, and it's not necessarily wrong. I will say it's not quite apples to apples, just because uh, this guy uh, Tugashi Ichi is competing for space in a Dragon Dynasty deck. So that means he's competing for with Retsugu. He's competing with Mitsu. He's competing with the Niten Master. Meanwhile, the card you're comparing it to is in Scorpion. Scorpion famously do not care much about their dynasty side. All their characters are all cheap courtier chumps who are just designed to get poked mm. and thrown away and stuff. So it's very easy to slot someone like uh, Ibuki into a Scorpion deck because she's not really competing with anyone else right there, you know? Well, let me let me share this with you. When I was updating my Scorpion deck, because you know, new, I had to make room for new shoju because mm. new shoju is good, right? Sure, sure. The question: I have two ibukis, and I was going to put in two shoujus. The question became: Do I put shoju in uh, and take out ibuki? The answer was a resounding no, because disguise is just that good. Oh yeah, disguise is a keyword is pretty good. That's why I'm saying that uh, Ichi is, I think, might still see his play as one or two X, just because disguise is pretty cool. I just think his ability is going to yeah. go off like once in a blue moon, <laughs> if that. <laughs> yeah, his ability is going to, okay, look, do I we care about his ability? I, I don't think so. I think Ichi is going to be good. If if you put him, if you cheat him in on an honored guy, he's a 6-2 for three. He's a 6-4 for three. And that can easily, um, you know, outpace anyone with uh, for uh, Void Fist. Maybe you have to play one more Hurricane Punch and then Void Fist. Uh, to move along a little bit, uh, I want to talk about my boys, the Lions. Uh, they have one card that I'm very interested in. Uh, in service to my lord, it's a zero cost event. Uh, this card can be played from your discard pile. Action, bow a friendly non-unique character and choose a unique character. Ready the chosen character. Put this card on the bottom of its owner's conflict deck. So it cycles itself. It kind of feeds into that weird thing that some of the new line cards are doing of, hey, I want to have a low hand. Let me just randomly discard card. This would actually be very good in the uh, in the dragon pack who just wants to throw all their cards in the trash for no apparent reason. Um, 
But uh, yeah, the, and now Lions are getting enough unique characters, so it's actually viable to play this. I don't think you could play this several months ago, but now they have enough characters that is actually like uh, easy to play this now. Oh yeah, no, um, I think this is a very good card. Uh, it cycles. It's an unbow, so you can have that one. You can have that one cost chud do nothing and unbow to Tori. Or Suko or something. I don't know. But it's it's a it's basically a free unbow, right? But the lion card that I'm actually really interested in is Persa pers Persuasive Counselor. Basically he says events can't be cancelled. Yeah, I mean he's a four for three four with two. He's a courtier, so regal bearings now turned on because of him. During a conflict in which this character is participating, each event you play during this conflict cannot be can cannot have its effect canceled. So it's actually he's even better. My cards can't be canceled, but I can still cancel your cards. Pretty so that's pretty good. Um, actually, no, I can't even say that's pretty good. So there's a lot of problems I have with this character. One, he's a four cost for three four. That's pretty expensive, especially in a at a line deck that wants to keep their cards really cheap. Uh, then he's, uh, his action, which only happens, uh, let's see, during conflict with a character's participate, each event you play during cannot be have his effects canceled. Um, like you're only playing this versus crane and, uh, scorpion. So I guess if you have a meta environment where there's a lot of crane and scorpions beating you up, that's useful. But generally speaking, Phoenix. Um, this Phoenix Fe still plays censure. Sure. I mean, censure's around. Everyone could play censure. Sure. Yeah, but Phoenix has it basically turned on mm -hmm. all the time. Crab still plays uh, what's it called uh, um, um, defend your defend honor. Your honor. There's a there's enough. Um, I'm kind of wondering uh, if there's any. Actually, no, I know exactly. What I was gonna say, is there any cards that really want to not be canceled out of line? I would imagine. Um, what's that one that lets you draw a bunch of cards? It just came out couple packs ago. Regal Bearing? Regal Bearing, there you go. This is a good way to protect Regal Bearing. All right, you know, if you're trying to protect Regal Bearing with this one, you've sold me a little bit. I, feel, I still think he's pretty expensive. Uh, Way of the Lion. Um, He, I mean, Lion needs big blue numbers. I mean, one of their big problem was they did not have blue numbers. Yeah, I mean, that's also a big bullet in this guy's general direction. Yeah, um, Regal Bearing. You don't want to cancel Regal Bearing. Ready for Battle does not want to be canceled. Lion have a Lion have a number of uh, su uh, a surprising number of courtiers and Shigenja. They just all suck though. Uh, you don't. I I know you did not say that about my Kaede. Sure, she's air quotes a lion. Sure. <laughs> she's 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 still Kaede. You don't talk bad about Kaede. Shigenja. She knows what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the lions. Uh, crab and unicorn. I'm crab. I guess that gallant quartermaster is decent. I mean, sure. He just he he makes a lot of money. That money's nice. I'm sure he'll see play just because he makes money. Um, Yusuke right. Hatsé. Um, I guess I'll read him real quick, even though I'm not really impressed with him. Uh, let's see. When he's this a, character is sacrificed, gain two fate. Well, he's a three cost, one military, three uh, political, two glory. Uh, we were just talking about earlier that two glory might just seal the bullet for him so he'll never see play. Uh, courtier action during a conflict with just characters participating. If you're less honorable than your opponent, search the f top five cards uh, of your conflict deck for an attachment, reveal it, and add it to your hand, shuffle. So he's like a, a crab... Um, 
What's that dragon card? <laughs> oh gosh, just horse myth. There we go. He's just like that. Um, mm-hmm. You have a province that does what he does better. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I would be surprised to see him because crabs, like the primary deck and all their other decks, they tend to be very attachment um, focused. So this just guarantees you see some things out there. Uh, he's got a blue number, which crab generally doesn't have. So that's kind of a thing. Um, other, than, I don't like how he only works if you're less honorable than your opponent. Because um, if your dishonor theme is working correctly, that's not going to be a thing. See, Scorpion, they go down in honor along with their opponent to keep trying to drag them down. Crab doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. do that. And also, one of the best ways I've found to beat Crab is to attack their honor because they can't gain honor to save their lives. Literally so. Um, if you want to beat a Crab, attack their honor and they suddenly go very quickly. Um, so I don't know if I like the less honorable than your opponent part aspect of it. Yeah, that's why uh, Crab has a harder time against Scorpion. Um, but no, the card I was actually talking about was Gallant Quartermaster. The one cost zero one mm-hmm. courtier interrupt when this character is sacrificed, gain two gain two fate. Yep. I mean, it, you could read that. You could read that as a one fate um, bonus, or if since since it's I really like that's only a one uh, cost. So you could just buy him for a dollar, poke with him, and then sacrifice him for either, like, there's plenty of things to sacrifice him for, for your your funeral pyres, for your witch hunters. It does make it so you have to have, like, you can't play him unless you have one of those other cards out, which is kind of annoying. But, you know, crabs love killing themselves for some reason. Uh, so that's crab. I guess the last clan we got to talk about is unicorn. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not... There's only one card here that's really interesting to me, and uh, it's Know the Terrain. Okay, read it for me. Basically, it's a one-cost event, interrupt. When an attack is declared against a non-stronghold face-down province, you control, before revealing that province, switch it with another face-down non-stronghold province you control. Don't know if I like it. Neither do I. <laughs> so I it, it's like okay, talisman is a little bit better than this. So right? it's like it. It so talisman is for defense. Chasing the sun is for attack. This is like the best of both worlds. It is neat because like if you have to be splashing unicorn, you can and you happen not to be a keeper, you can get a talisman like effect without um, being talisman. But um, I, I guess that frees up our into seeker roles, but. Uh... I, I don't know. Talisman is just more efficient. Talisman does more. Talisman also gives me plus one, plus one. I guess the only thing this card got over Talisman is that Talisman, even if you play during a conflict, there's an opportunity for your opponent to react, right? So your opponent can, oh God, I'm actually going to go into a, a shameful display. So I'll just slap this finger of jade on the character. Or I will let go of the Talisman right away. Um, So... There's, you're able to respond to Talisman, I guess, in a way, but and this is a surprise element, but I still think Talisman is just better. Like, everything on here is exactly what I've been saying for a while about, like, why Unicorn cards bore me to talk about. Like, the, nothing, like the, all they get, in my opinion, are just remixes of things they've had before, and it feels like there's never anything new to talk to. Like, I'm not purposely ignoring Unicorn for anything. No, the terrain is just... 
you know, Talisman Light. Moto Outrider, who is a three-cost uh, Bushi Cavalry uh, action. During a military conflict in this uh, which this character is participating, ready this character. He's like a, a, a bad... Uh, it's a bad version of the... the What's the two-drop in Unicorn that strains all the time? Border Rider. It's just that, but different, kind of worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's That just seems to be what we're getting for a lot of Unicorn. I know they do this thing where they, 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 they injected a lot of strength into Unicorn, but they didn't want it to be like, oh, Unicorn's hyper-dominant now. But these cards are just like, we've seen this stuff. They're not really... Do- I'm not seeing them expand a new uh, attack type. I'm not seeing them have a new spin or anything like really exciting going on over there. I mean, all, in all, at, at the end of the day, they're still, hey, we're going to attack you really hard, really fast, and either we're going to win or lose. Either way, we're going to know in about two rounds. <laughs> well, I think they actually do have an interesting theme with Unicorn uh, that we got... that we that, that we saw... And I think it's really interesting because it uh, becomes it, it becomes a uh, a bit of a strategy and it's a risk uh, with uh, like uh, unfulfilled duty. I get to ready X number. Uh, I can ready any number of characters up to six fate if they don't have fate yep. on them. Yep. So it becomes a question. I have Nergui. I really like Nergui. I'm playing Phoenix. She's absolutely amazing against Phoenix. Right. She'll just send anybody home against Phoenix. But I also have unfulfilled duty in my hand. Do I really want to put fate on Nergui? Yeah, no, I'm hearing you. Uh, as you're talking, I'm, I'm flipping through all of the packs that have come out this uh, this cycle, and there are exactly three cards out of Unicorn that I really care about. Uh, we have Adorn Barcha, we have uh, Unfulfilled Duty, and we have uh, Shinjo Gunzo. Out of all six packs. I mean, Ujik Tactics sees play. I just don't care about it because it's like a kind of a remix of things they already do. I have yet to see an Ujik Tactics really take advantage of like, oh, we've got like 20 Unicorn on there. We're going to get like plus 20 force out here. That never seems to happen. It happens to me all the time. Well, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> well, no, I'm the one usually doing oh, it. Okay. <laughs> I'm the one that usually have, you know, five non-unique characters hmm. and Ujik Tactics. <laughs> So that's uh, Shoju's duty. Overall, I I really like this pack. I really, really, really like this pack. Um, I think it's going to change. Um, I'm I'm kind of breathing a sigh of relief that it's not going to be legal for packs unplugged. I'm not familiar enough with all the cards yet. So, but I'm really excited to see where this game's going with uh, Shoju's duty. I mean, I th- it, it, we've we've known as what is going on for a while. Uh, so it, it's. Unfortunately, it's been kind of like, oh, we're just waiting to get our brand new toys. And it was really uh, unfortunate that so much of the packs got uh, spoiled so early in the cycle because it just kind of sucked up a lot of the excitement of the season of, oh, waiting to see what's the new spoiler, what's the new, you know, revealed card. Uh, Like... FFG got robbed the publicity of announcing that stuff. We as a community got like a grab the idea of that current hum of excitement that goes throughout the whole uh, end of the year. Uh, but something that's mm-hmm. changed that is we've gotten uh, the first non-spoiled teaser in a while. Uh, Rokugan at War. The first Dynasty pack of the Tides at War pack. Not only is it interesting because, oh, we got some new cards that we have not seen leaked whatsoever, but we've got some new keywords on here. Have you looked at this one at all yet? What are you thinking? Oh, God, yeah. I like rally is a very interesting keyword. So rally, 
after this card is revealed in a province, add the top card of your dynasty deck to the province face up. Um, also, it probably it's it was revealed on an event card, but that event card has a D instead of a C at the yes, bottom. So we have dynasty events. Um, which I was going to say it's comparable to events in the old game, but that's because in the old game, your fate cards were called action cards and events were a special, were a completely separate type of, uh, action that would always be in the dynasty. So events are back home in the dynasty. Um, and there's also a new, another new keyword, and this one's going to appear on provinces called eminent. So this province starts the game face up and cannot be turned face down. It cannot be a stronghold province. So basically, they've they've um, they've they've uh, they've given a keyword to Toshiranbo. With Evident, uh, you cannot uh, get money from Seeker. So I guess you, whatever your Seeker role is, don't get an Eminent province there. But I do like how they're dual bugged. So looking at City of the Rich Frog, it has uh, it is a province that gives uh that has uh three strength uh after setup fill this cut uh this province up to three cards when you refill this province refill it up to three cards instead of one it is dual bugged with uh earth and void so we get a few things from this one for one fill this, this province with three cards that means we're gonna have multiple cards this is gonna be so easy to filter your dynasty now so when i do my setup i can just put three cards face up on here and if i understand it correctly i could just buy any of the three cards that are on there it doesn't matter who's on top or who's on bottom you can buy any of the three cards but if i recall correctly if i if i'm remembering correctly it doesn't refill until all the cards are gone yeah, so it's like if I have three and I buy one on there, I don't put a third card on there. I exactly, have yeah. to buy all the cards that are there, then once it reaches zero, then I can refill up to three. So this is very interesting. I, I like it because there's a lot of cards that have a situation of, hey, I want uh, my deck type really needs a certain dynasty character to see a lot of play. This helps mulligan and find those cards very quickly. There's also some other cards that we're going to look at here that uh, also uh, double and triple fills provinces. That's also a good way to keep a card on standby. So I fill some cards out here. Card two is something I, I want, but I want it later. So I just kind of keep it around and have the other two just kind of like uh, buffer things out for a little bit. I think mm -hmm. it's going to like really invigorate the draw phase or the dynasty phase. Once again, as the ever pervasive crane perspective, I've got uh, the new Doji Hotaru, her new ver version, who is a monster in setting up an honor deck. But I can't guarantee that Doji Hotaru is going to show up all the time. This goes a long way to make sure I can mulligan hard and almost, not 100%, but greatly increase my chances of getting her in play, thus turning an entire deck archetype on for myself. Um, now, imagine if you actually have that card and there was a card that says, discard all the cards in your dynasty hmm. and then refill it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and hey, we actually do. It's called Season of War. <laughs> It's a one cost. Is that remember the dynasty event I was talking about? This is it. It's the dynasty event. It's cost one fate, and its action says discard each card in each province, refilling each province face up in the dynasty phase. Then there is an additional dynasty phase during which players do not collect fate. Now, 
Uh, if anyone who knows the real rules of L5R, you should know that you do you only collect fate at the start of your dynasty phase, not at the end of the previous phase, which we all do. Let's face it. We all just get fate at the end of the fate at the end of the previous turn. We usually just get to the point where it says like, are we done? And we just start moving a whole bunch of things around. Actually, after playing this game for what is it? Three yeah. years now, I have absolutely no idea how the end of the round and the beginning <laughs> of the round actively work. We just move a, things, a bunch of things around and get through it pretty quickly. The only time it really matters is when Crab wants to wave Crab you in the middle of one of those phases. <laughs> exactly. That's uh, that's the only time it matters. But anyway, no, you actually get fate at the start of your dynasty phase. Mm. So that's why that wording is actually important there. So, you know, you don't get another seven fate. Yeah. Uh, speaking of crab, crabs are not happy about this. We, we, just, we earlier discussed how crabs are not really having much luck with their nascent wall theme because they can get a lot of walls out there but they're not doing anything well this is also a card that kind of silver bullets most of that archetype because the handful of things that they do want to get out there this card just forces you to discard it very quickly oh yeah oh no this uh this card kind of hurts a lot of things like Am I playing a tower deck and I my my Phoenix opponent has 20 fate and oh my god is that Ugina? Yeah, no, we're gonna wipe the board and bye bye Ugina. See, I'm looking through these other cards. I'm not seeing anything. We're seeing a few cards have what I'm calling Shishi effects because Shiro Shinjo has a ability printed out at worth. More cards that are a, a face up. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, that depends how much extra money it gets. There's other cards coming out here now that we have these eminent thing, uh, cards. It also there's cards to reveal more provinces. So one, Shiro Shinjo is potentially getting a power-up depending on how pop, uh, prevalent a lot of these eminent cards become. We're also seeing other things like a Paralyzing Delicacy, Zero Cost Event from Scorpion. Um, action, during a conflict, choose a participating character. That character gets minus one military until the end of the conflict for each face-down card in its controller's provinces. That is, this is the one saying, like, hey, you better start revealing your cards or you're going to get massively penalized. I don't think it's going to see play, but it's a poison token. People like those. It's a minimum of, it's a minimum of zero. It's a maximum of minus six right now. I think it can see play if Supernatural Storm sees play and it's a it's a minimum of one. Um, I think this is going to see play. Probably. OK, uh, you got me sold. I mean, it's also a poison. Yeah. So that freaking uh, poison master can do something for once in his life. <laughs> so exactly so play around with his soft skin <laughs> and everything. Uh, why not? And tainted Koku card i really like out of dragon is educated heman it is a zero cost attachment dash military dash political follower attached to an unbroken province you control so this goes straight onto another character but a province each time you would refill attached province with a card instead look at the top two cards of your dynasty deck top four instead if attached provinces face down Refill the province with one of those cards and discard the rest. So this is just hyper filtering if you really need something in mm -hmm. your dynasty phase. Um, I know that Dragon has been playing uh, Emperor Summon because they need a way to get their big characters into play to filter out their characters out. And I think this is, it costs zero. It's a province attachment. So I guess it's, it's a really interesting card, and I really... I don't know. I don't know. 
I'm trying because the other thing is I'm trying to think what goes out of the dragon deck for this guy, right? I'm unsure. Um, I would not be surprised to see at least one of these guys floating around in a deck. I don't know. I think three might be too many. I've seen a lot of dragon, like as if dragon didn't have enough issues already. I see them having a lot of problems where they need to mount a particular attack and they just don't see they're saying all the really bad dynasty characters they really need to see one of their all-stars right now they need to see that third retsugu they need to see you know mitsu now that that the chips are down there's many things in this entire game where the dynasty will just clog up on you and all of these dynasty filtering effects just alleviate so many of these issues crane doesn't play uji anymore but one of the reasons why uji was already leaving decks before he got restricted was because you play Uji and then my row is full of all these unique characters and or pro uh, or holdings that we got some really cool holdings. So I really needed a way to filter things out to get the cheap spuds that Uji really wants to buy. You know, uh, I think every, every clan has this issue to one degree or another. Except, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, Lion with their new, uh, well, they're not uh, air quotes new, but they're more consistent um, swarm tech right now. They need to see a crap load of small bodies floating around. And if they don't see a bunch of small bodies, their theme doesn't work very well. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like Phoenix, we, Phoenix needs to see uh, Ugina to deal with towers. If you don't see Ugina and your opponent's got a tower, then you're only relying on consumed by five fires which may not help you. One of the great things about L5R is our infinite hand size and the fact that you start off with four, you bid five, start off with nine cards, and you generally are getting five cards every round. So your hand is almost something you can like target to play as needed, and you almost always, as long as your deck is consistent, you almost always have what you need when you need it. Uh, we haven't had that same consistency dynasty side, and this is doing a massive way to bring that into the forefront. Oh, yeah. And I guess the last card we could talk about is... Uh, Yoshi! <laughs> messy Yoshi. He looks... He got bags under his eyes. His, uh, his kimono looks dirty. He doesn't have the right posture. He looks very upset. The fact that he has been like... Uh, uh, no, he is out of the social loop. He's just, he checked Facebook. He found, found out everybody's in a secret Facebook group and he's not invited on it. And they're all talking smack behind his back <laughs> and he's, he's out for revenge. Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. Kikideyoshi, five cost, uh, two military, six political, three glory, uh, same stats he has before. Courtier, Daimyo, Imperial. Um, reaction. After this character wins a political conflict as the attacker, choose up to X characters, where X is the number of face-up provinces you troll. Dishonor each of those characters. This is interesting. Um, is he as strong as his base form? I would say no, just because card draw is really cool. Even though new Soju is out, stealing the favor even harder than before. Uh, card draw is really fun. But what he does do is, what he turns the Dishonor theme on even harder out of Crane, which was kind of already there. Um, but he can turn on Noble Sacrifice and Duel to the Death on a, in a much harsher way mm -hmm. if he wins a political uh, conflict now. So, I mean, also, I guess it also protects you from the crackback, I guess. So you're attacking political, you win, you have two revealed provinces, your opponent has two characters on reserve, 
dishonor both of them, and their stats is just much lower now. So I guess in that regards, it's uh, it's interesting. Hey, if you're not Kraid, don't put glory on your characters. <laughs> it's just going to be used as a cudgel to beat you over the head. Uh, right. Sometimes I do feel like they've been like trying to find a way to consistently turn uh, Noble Sacrifice on in Crane in a deck that's not Scorpion. <laughs> it's just so hard to trigger. I mean, there's always uh, what's the word? Um, shameful display, I guess. <laughs> Court games yeah. for shame. I mean, we've, <laughs> we've tried. We've tried. We've got some options, but. Being able to say, just look at this is one of the reasons why Marker Shave is so good, even without the like getting rid of uh, double decider. Right? Just targeting mm -hmm. someone and saying, "Hey, you're decided now." It's really strong. Yeah, uh, Marker Shame is just a really good card, and part of me wants it to leave play. Another, the Scorpion part of me does not at all. Anyway. So that's uh, the preview for Rokugan at War. I'm really excited. Now, they don't have a release date for this yet, but I'm guessing if uh, if all is to be believed, um, we should be seeing it somewhere around February. Something like that. I believe it should, like, we're, I believe we're supposed to get the uh, the Clan War box set out first. Am I right? Yeah, we're I supposed to get so. the Clan War first, then this. The the date that they have on upcoming products, both on, says February for both of them. Again, I don't know if that's to be believed, but we'll see. We should be getting the Dragon Pack this Friday, which means that we'll actually get a release in December. Hopefully that only leaves January with no product and February with two products. So anyway, uh, final shout out to closing statements. I want to give a uh, good shout out to uh, the RPG podcast, uh, Court Games RPG, hosted by Kikita Kaori and uh, Kovar over there. They have a series of interviews going on right now. I believe the one with Marie Brennan, who is the host, or the, the, uh, the host, the writer of the new Dragon novella. Get the title um, right. Get the title right. That, the uh, the endless uh, knot. Oh God! <laughs> Not the endless plot. The eternal <laughs> knot. Whatever. I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna read it. That's not wow. a, a smart against Murray. Uh, I I have to. I thought like I'm sitting there like I'm all caught up to the fiction yet. Oh, you know what I did not read? I did not read the unicorn fiction at all. I got a chapter into it. Like horse people. I am bored now. <laughs> <laughs> I started the unicorn. Okay, see what happened was on my flight up to Worlds, I had every intention to reading it, but I fell asleep. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> I just haven't had. I've been so busy with some things, I haven't uh, read anything. I bought the Dragon Knight as soon as available, and it is sitting literally right next to the unicorn. I'm gonna knock those two. Hopefully, if I get some time this winter, uh, knock those two out, and then I'll be all well caught up. I do have a flight, you know, coming up on Thursday, on Tuesday. Well, actually, technically it is on Thursday, but it's at like 12.46 on Thursday. So maybe I'll read it then. Uh, let's see. Uh, shout out to our Patreon. Uh, shout out. Yeah, I'm going to give you a shout out to Patreon. Uh, if you haven't checked out our Patreon, please do so. Uh, it keeps this podcast running, the sister podcast. Seabass uh, 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 keeps the Discord running with it. And also his giveaways, which if you head over to the uh, Discord server and check out the uh, Patreon page. Uh, well, if you're on the Patreon, you have access to the Patreon uh, page. But also if you go to the Court Games uh 
uh, tab, you can find out what we're doing uh, or when CBAS is doing special announcements and giveaways. And always a yep. uh, good shout out to the community. Uh, everything's been good. We haven't burnt down Fantasy Flight yet. Uh, everything seems good. Yes. Um, <laughs> we haven't strung up any judges to die yet. So that's a, uh, that's a point in our favor. You know, oh, uh, yes. A little bit of shout out. If you guys are interested, you can always join the, uh, the Rokugan Pokemon League. The link is in the off topic channel somewhere. Cool. Yeah, post it in your new platform, the Court Game tab in the Discord. Anyway, All right. Have a good one, everybody. All right, have a fun.